It's time for Knox Talk, a behind-the-scenes look at the business side of college sports. Featuring Paul Sickman from Knox Sports and Brandon Parks from the Vol Network. Now for today's show. Welcome to another edition of Knox Talk. Today is Wednesday, August 16th. And as always, I am joined by my good friend Brandon Parks from the University of Tennessee. Good morning, buddy. Hey, good morning, Paul. Did you say August 16th? I said August 16th, buddy. The pads are popping and the excitement is through the roof, which will probably be because this is the last season of ACC football as we know it, right? Are you surprised? (laughs) I am not surprised, but that's a topic for another week because today we are joined by a special guest who is going to deliver a brand new perspective to Knox Talk. Brandon, why don't you handle the introduction of your good friend? Yes, sir. Um, I'm proud to introduce Tyler Roberts, um, who is with Game Time Sidekicks. Um, Tyler and I met earlier this year. He has a great company uh, based here in Knoxville, Tennessee, but he's doing business all across the United States and specifically in the collegiate licensed business, uh, which is important to us. Uh, and I'm not sure over the years if, if we've had a, uh, a podcast that we've done that, that we've dove into licensed product. Uh, but I think Tyler's got a, a unique background, a unique story, and uh, really a, a great story, I guess you could say, about the American dream, about starting a company and having success and thriving. Um, and I think he's got an interesting perspective on our business and what we do. That's awesome. All right. So welcome, Tyler. Glad to be here. Appreciate you guys having me. And your dad owned a business. And and so from an entrepreneurial standpoint, did you have it in your mind growing up and, and as you got a little bit older that, that you wanted to own your own business? Seeing him be successful made me think, oh, yeah, I can do that. And then when you think about, OK, so you, you decided, hey, this is something I want to do. I want to start my own business. Where where did the niche of game time sidekicks come from? Where Where did you have that initial idea or epiphany of hey, we may have something here that could be really successful. Yeah, so we had some experience in the licensing field with some other smaller licenses. And when I say smaller, I mean smaller product licenses. Um, So we had a little bit of the framework, um, I guess the path, at least we knew the starting line a little bit. And um, about, you know, 2016, into 2015, early 2016, when, uh, I guess certain constructions of drinkware became, started to become popular. I looked at, you know, they were popular from the lifestyle standpoint, but what I did is look at the fan standpoint, the licensed product standpoint and think, okay, um, can, is there a gap in the market here? And if there is, can we exploit that gap? Can we fit into that gap? Can we add value? I didn't really have any interest in um, becoming another brand that does the same thing as a million other brands. I I wanted to add value. Can we add value? Can we make a product that I think fans would appreciate and enjoy? And the answer to those questions at the beginning was yes, I I think we do. Like I said, a little bit of naivety there, probably um, just thinking that, oh, yeah, 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 we can do that. I'm I'm a sports guy. I grew up in sports. I'm a bit competitive, as they say. So I thought, oh, yeah, we can do that. We can do that better. Um, and that's that's kind of where it started from there. So. so generally speaking, give give the listeners an idea of just the the product line that you specialize in, and then we can dive a little bit more into CLC and licensing and those kinds of things. Sure. 
So Game Time Sidekicks is a licensed brand of sports products for fans. Um, our brand, our our flagship line is a line of stainless steel drinkware, anything from a small sippy cup all the way up to a 40 ounce bottle, um, a, a pet bowl that we do that's stainless steel and everything in between. So that is um, just kind of the 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 front and the end of the product line and everything in between. Yeah, and I, and I think that's pretty fascinating, Tyler, that you can take such a niche with a specific product line like that and have as much success as, as you have had. Um, give give the listeners an idea how many schools you're licensed to work with. And then if you want to give a call out to a few of your key retailers across the country, I'm sure they would appreciate the promotion to our thousands of listeners out there. Right, Paul? Thousands. Sure, sure. So um, we have around um, 300 to 2340 uh, licenses. And real quick, when we started, we had I submitted the way the CLC licensing process works is basically you take what equates to essentially a a business a business plan, submit it to the CLC with your line, how you'll make money, things like that. Submitted it to all of them. And pretty much all of them said no. So that was the first uh roadblock, if you will, that the idea and the execution involves going through a bit of a challenge or a difficulty. So we had four schools that said yes first. Um, of course, that was our home school of University of Tennessee, South Carolina, Clemson, and Auburn. They took a chance on us. Um, I, I tried to go directly to them and develop a relationship with them and essentially ask for their faith um, that, that we can do what we say we will do. And everyone was a bit hesitant, rightfully so. Um, we were, we were new into the product line. So I, I totally understand. I, to this day, I tell them, I, I totally understand that. So, um, yeah, fast forward to today, like I said, 300, honestly, after you get over 150, you kind of, at least I lose count of all of our licenses. People on our team, obviously a little bit more involved in that, but between 320, 340, somewhere around there, we sell predominantly B2B, uh, via host or, uh, retailers around the country. Retailers like uh, Alumni Hall, Dick Sporting Good, Shields, Rally House, um, all over all over the nation, everywhere from University of Oregon Bookstore all the way down to University of Florida Bookstore, University of Miami Bookstore, um, and, and essentially everywhere in between. And we also sell on our website as well, GameTimeSockeyDicks.com. So. Yeah. So, so Tyler, you go to these four schools when you started, and I'm sorry to go backwards here. I'm just trying to go through the process. So you go to these four schools, they say, Hey, yeah, with the licensing people at those four schools approved the concept, approved the, the idea that, that this is going to work for them. They approved your quality, et cetera, et cetera. But I think when you went to the CLC, they asked you for a marketing plan, uh, which they always do when you go through a licensing process, what was your initial marketing plan and what has changed to today? You know, that's a good question. Really not much has changed um, from the new marketing plan today. I thought that the best and the quickest, most efficient way we can bring our product to market was um, B2B, business to business, selling directly to the retailers and, and, and letting them sell to the end consumers at first. Now, since then, we haven't changed that, but what we've I equated to essentially like a football team that was really good, winning games on defense. Um, 
they're winning games on defense and they want to add some offensive ability. They don't want to take away from their defense, but they just want to come become a more complete team. That's kind of how I'm looking at our business. We've predominantly been B2B selling to retailers, um, but we're we're trying to incorporate more of an offensive strategy, meaning selling directly to consumers as well, because we uh, we resonate with them. We're we're fans just like they are, and so we'd like to create that line as well that customers have the option to support retailers or support us directly. So, to answer your question, you know, not much has changed necessarily, but it it may have been it may have evolved a little bit over the years as we become more accustomed to uh, the distribution side of things. Tyler, do you, would you attribute maybe some of that more offensive approach just where fans have become more and more familiar with the Game Time Sidekicks brand, seeing at retailers, knowing what the quality of product's going to be, and and then trying to take advantage of it from a from an online perspective? Yeah, that's that's one aspect of it for sure. Um, I one of the things that we do really well at game time that is not really, in my opinion, not really replicated in our market is we do really, uh, we have a high variety of logos, colors, and products for every school. Um, sometimes it's difficult. And that that's one of the advantages we bring to retailers, right? So instead of having to order one uh, style and go very deep and very high volume in that one style, we allow them, we allow a a display in a store to have multiple different colors, logos, um, style options, sizes, things like that. Well, because of that, I also want to, not every retailer takes necessarily full advantage of that. And I want fans to also have the option, you know, if they're carrying, if retailers are carrying 20 SKUs for Florida State, well, we've probably got 45 to 50 on our website and i want to make sure customers have the option to order those as, as well where they order from you know we we love it both ways i just want uh, fans to have that option because i know you know every y'all know like we all have kind of our favorite logos our favorite branding things from our team whether it's the retro logos we call them college vault or the new logos so we like bringing those options to fans because we know fans like having those options. Tyler, I'm going to dig in just a little bit for a lot of our, a lot of our listeners are buyers or sellers. Okay. And so they're, they're interested as you are kind of at the, the, the kind of the nascent part of this journey in terms of marketing. When you look at your product line and a property. Okay. So we'll, we'll deal with this. You don't have to necessarily talk about Tennessee, but you can, if you'd like, but so you're saying, okay, South Carolina was one of our original brands. Um, we've got a whole line. We've got 30, 40, whatever different varieties uh, of our brand. And now South Carolina, in order to go on offense, as you described it earlier, I'm going to need to spend some money um, or I would like to spend some money directly targeting South Carolina fans in a unique way that the South Carolina property may allow me to do that. So when you look at your mm -hmm. budget, do you have a percentage in mind in a perfect world where you say, okay, out of my South Carolina world, do you look at it and say, I'm going to take 5%, 10%? What is the number that you might look at when you say, I want to I want to go on offense and I want to utilize that school and go on offense with them? What would you look at in terms of percentage that you would spend back to try to grow it? Because obviously it'll feed on itself because if it works, you keep going. Sure, sure. So that's a good question. And we are, I was actually talking about it today with um, – my business development guy here, Clark, he, we were discussing how much 
you know, how heavy in one direction um, do we go with, with one particular team um, and a po and, or do we go in a direction that kind of hits more teams at once? You know, I would say if we're putting percentages to it, I, I usually don't go more than five percent, five or 10% of our marketing budget in one direction, or in other words, towards one team. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I do try to do and, you know, this isn't always the answer, but this is just the way we've been able to combat that a little bit is we've looked, there's a lot of avenues nowadays when it comes to the sports market that allows, if we advertise with these particular outlets, whether it be podcasts, um, websites, things like that, they pull in um, fans from all over the place, from all over the country. And so if it's a website or if it's a podcast, it's like general college sports that to us is always going to be a little more bang for our buck than going heavy in one direction of a school. So, you know, some of our big our big schools, whether it be Tennessee, Auburn, uh, Florida, um, Georgia, uh, we could probably go five to ten percent in one direction. Anything smaller than that. And we have more big schools and great relationships with more schools than just that, but we wouldn't go really more than five or 10% in any single direction, but rather we try to find outlets that allow us, um, like I was describing a little more bang for our buck to have fans consuming their content from all over the country. Tyler. So when you initially got started, um, you developed your product line, you were able to get licensed. Um, I don't know if there were any unique stories that you might be able to share, but I'm assuming the first time you presented to an alumni hall or the first time you presented to a Dick Sporting Goods, large national type chains, I can imagine as an entrepreneur, obviously you're very excited to go into those meetings and to be able to share your product and so forth. But um, was there any unique stories uh, coming out of that where you, you went in, you had the presentation as a seller, you got buy-in from the retailer, you walk out of the meeting and you're feeling really good about, hey, game time's on solid footing here. Any good stories along the way from, from that sales aspect? Fellas, I feel like I can talk your ear off all day long with stories like this. Some good, <laughs> some bad, some discouraging that worked out in a positive way but even just kind of thinking through the ones off the top of my head, it's hard It's hard to choose. It's just been a journey that's had a lot of different ups and downs and left turns when you thought you were turning right. Um, we're grateful for the position we've ended up with, obviously, but thinking through a lot of that stuff. Um, so there's a, there's a retailer aspect of that question that like, okay, how um, – describe the experience that it took from presenting to the retailer – all the way to getting to order because sometimes those things don't happen quickly, especially with big, I call them big moving ships, like retailers that are big, they don't make decisions. They may make decisions quickly, but things don't move very quickly. Right. Um, some of the smaller ones, things move quickly. I would say one particular, but on the flip side of that, when it comes to the licensing the process and just, um, I guess, understanding that our product line is in is in the right direction there's one particular that comes to my mind so like i told you we had our four schools clemson south carolina tennessee and auburn we applied for all of them all the all the big ones per se especially probably top 40 um and only those four like i said approved us well we still wanted all the other schools obviously like i'm i was ready to go you just you give me everybody well 
but like I said, they all said, they all said no. So I started developing relationships kind of individually with some of the schools saying, Hey, give us a shot. If you don't like us, you know, kick us out in a year. Um, and one school in particular, I sent a sample to a sample that we printed here. Obviously we do all of our printing in house, but we, we, we made here. Um, we got packaged up real nice, sent to LSU. LSU had originally said no. So I sent the, a sample of the finished product to the licensing director down there and didn't hear anything for a while. Well, end up getting an email about a week and a half later, maybe two weeks. I'd written it off as kind of just like, you know, maybe not hear anything from them saying that, hey, we know we disapproved you at first, but we got the sample. It looks amazing. The past week and a half, we've been doing product tests here against all your other uh, competitors. And even at the time, there weren't even they weren't even licensed product competitors. They were just lifestyle competitors of blank product. And he said, you know, I didn't I didn't think this was going to work out. I didn't think that you were going to that your quality was going to be on par. But he's like, during all the tests we've done here, your ice test, your water retention or the uh, water temperature retention, all of that. Yours has blown everybody else out of the water and we're going to give you a license. And so that was one of the times where I was like, OK, the product I, I knew the product was solid, but we needed validation because we're a product company first you know and what i mean is if the product doesn't work and if it's not good and if customers are disappointed with it everything else crumbles it yeah. has to be a good product first it has to everything about it has to be quality a lot of times in the um in the in the license business you get i would i don't want to say a less quality product but it's like oh if you want real good quality you go with blank a blank product, a general lifestyle product. And then sometimes the licensed products are a step down in quality. I did not want that to be the case for us. In fact, I wanted to be the opposite. And so that kind of gave me some validation. Like I said, from a licensing standpoint, and it's not necessarily a retailer standpoint. I have those sorts too. But that gave me some validation that we kind of needed to say, okay, I'm going to continue. Because, you know, you you bounce around in your head a little bit. Like, well, if everyone turned me down, what what are we doing here? Yeah. And when they gave us that validation, I was like, okay, full steam ahead, peel our ears back, let's let's go do this. We got we got validation. We got LSU. I mean, LSU is, you know, we, we always heard that they were really it's they have a really high bar for licensed products. So I was I was kind of you know, it's a long way of saying that that kind of jump started us and, and made us even more stubborn. So apparently that rep took it to the family reunion and let uh and let every aunt and uncle try it for two weeks before they got back to you. So um, that's uh, that, that that's the validation process at LSU. It's family and maybe, friends uh, talking on the maybe that was until it. they convince themselves. I, I saw. Maybe that I, was I, it. Yeah. I, we can come back to retail for a second. I, I saw on uh, on your site that you guys have. Uh, I'm assuming did an NIL deal with Jack uh, at Florida. T talk about that collaboration that you did um, and and what that looked like from your decision making standpoint and how successful it's been. Oh, that's our guy, man. So. Yeah, it's 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 pretty fresh, and it was without getting too deep into the NIL woods. There, um, it was the first of its kind from our standpoint. And and granted, NIL is still very very new and fresh. I feel like I'm learning and being wrong every day with things that I thought I knew or routes that I thought were the correct routes or what have you. So, um, this was our first direct to player nil deal and when i say that i mean we're licensed for a lot of players 
but um, certain players have opted out of the group licensing and instead um, hand are handling that on their own individually. And that's what Jack was. And I'm a, I'm a Florida fan. So I clearly know um, Jack, you know, he led the nation in home runs. They call him Jack Tawny, a Shohei Otani, uh, NCAA version of, of Shohei Otani. So clearly everybody knows Jack uh, Caglione. So I reached out to – so uh, let me back up a little second. Schools are starting to, to implement more of the NIL positions in-house. So they – Florida – the Florida Gators in, in specifically have an in-house NIL employee now that I reached out to. It was a new position, so I was like, oh, I'm going to reach out to him, start this relationship. He hooked me up with um, essentially Jack's agent, and that's how I – I just hit off a relationship with him and we worked out, um, we worked out the deal and we gave Jack a, a different product iteration than what we give everybody else because it is, it's different for us and he has a very big platform. So we gave him the full nine as far as all the products that we make for him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been great. And then he'll, he'll obviously be at the university of Florida next year. So we're looking forward to when we, when we signed on with Jack this year, it was it was right at the beginning of the college world series or right at the beginning of the tournament in general. And so we going into the 2024 season, we're excited that we'll have him as the hype or, and as the excitement for baseball builds up. So yeah, we're, we're thrilled to death to be working with Jack. We have some other players in our sites as well. Um, but yeah, Jack's great. And we're, we're happy to work with him. So Tyler, back to retail, Brian and asked you about retail and, and we went down and back into the school licensing piece. Let's talk a little bit about um, maybe a, a, a tough nut when you went to the retail world and you didn't have success. Any of those, is there a story there where you basically, you felt like you gave it a great shot, you had the CLC license, you had all the things in your hand and a retailer just didn't say yes, maybe they came back later. Tell us one of those. Yeah, like I said, again, I, I have a few of those. So I'll start with, or I'll kind of narrow it down to our, our big one. So Dick Sporting Goods in the license world, and from the our conception, Dick Sporting Goods was kind of, I guess some people call it a white whale, right? So like that, to me, that's, we, we love all our retailers, even the regional ones, but from a national perspective and the quality of product held at retailers, I think Dick's is the pinnacle. And so from the get-go, that was the one we wanted. Yep. Um, you know, it we're, we have a great relationship with them now. We sell them product now. They it's, it's great. Just as anything good in relationships in life, it took some work and it should have taken some work because they are great and they're big and they sell a lot of product. And, you know, they're big retailers like that. Successful retailers aren't interested in taking necessarily chances on brands that they don't know anything about or they don't have a sales history or things like that. So I, I don't blame anybody for not bringing us on at, at first, but you know, we had to, we had to do our work there. Uh, we had developed a race relationship with a guy on a trip at, um, to Auburn University, and um, th he eventually was the mo moved into the buyer for our category, and that's when things kind of clicked. So uh, he had some of our sample product, so that was that was a big deal. Just having people have our product in hand, especially in that situation, was a big deal on finally um, becoming a partner of Dick Sporting Goods. Now, 
So from start to finish, we, Tyler, from start to finish, when you started the Dix process to you got a yes, how long a period of time was that? Four years, maybe, since we started down the path to when we actually got the uh, official purchase order. Tyler, I'll, I'll ask you this. Um, you've been on this journey for how many years now? Since I would say 2016. 2016. So, so you've got yeah, 70 seven. years under your belt. Uh, what advice might you give uh, another licensed company um, starting out a little bit younger than you uh, on their journey? I would say, you know, if I was giving myself advice back then or, or other people advice, I would say be product focused. Um, don't skimp on the product itself because like I was saying earlier, the logo and the relationship with universities is great for fans. That's, that's our bread and butter. But if our product isn't good, if it's not something that fans uh, think is uh, high quality, that performs well, that in our case keeps ice for a long time, nothing else really matters. Um, so I would say that's, that's definitely um, towards the top of the list. I would also say relationships are important and don't expect everybody to give you everything you ask as soon as you ask it because um, be able to put yourself in their shoes as well. Everybody thinks their idea is the next latest and greatest thing. But I think sometimes um, that's a thing that might be a common trait of business owners or at least idea people that um, if they get discouraged at first or if they were told no at first, they, they give it up. If you believe in your product, then be stubborn but also understand that it's going to take a while and it should take a while because nothing that is worth having is quick is quick. So I would say those were are two kind of the top points of advice I would say, or towards, uh, you know, licensees. Yeah. T Tyler, that's, that's really good stuff. Really good advice. Paul, something we talk about probably each and every podcast is the importance that we place in the collegiate sports marketing space around relationships. And in a lot of ways, it feels like a very large industry, but um, it's also small too. And, and those relationships matter and, and, you know, doing what you say you're going to do, having the product that stands up to the quality that you want it to in Tyler's case, uh, all those things matter, but it, it ultimately goes back to, back to relationships. It does. And, and the licensing folks at universities are like equipment managers. They're dinosaurs. They don't go away. They're just there forever in their little fiefdom. And, uh, and you'll find schools that these people have been there 30, 40 years before a license even happened. You know, they just happen to have that title and they go forever. So that relationship, if it doesn't go well with University A, it's probably not going to go well. Um, so that, and they're going to talk to their peers. So it's a big deal. All right. Well, thank you, Tyler. You were amazing. A big thank you to you, uh, and all the best to game time sidekicks. You're going to have, uh, more success every day and more things you do with people like Brandon, um, are going to only elevate that. So that's awesome. Well, season's coming quick and Brandon and I are moving quick as well. So we're going to do our next one, uh, in only a week. Our fans will be thrilled. I'm talking to you, mom. Um, so we will be, uh, we will see you soon on behalf of Brandon Parks. I am Paul Sigmund with Knox Sports. Thank you again for listening to Knox Talk. We'll see you next time.